You want me on that podcast. You need me on that podcast. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Real Bad Takes. I'm Peter, as with me always, or Dave and Andrew. Yo. Hello. And that was a quote from uh, the famous movie A Few Good Men, which has nothing to do with the podcast topic that we're going to be talking about today. But since uh, my quote got vetoed, why are you looking at me like that? No, Dave's looking at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. Why are we looking at each other like that? (laughs) I just don't really know what's going on. I was just trying to start the podcast, and everybody started throwing looks across the table, like, what's going on? just making really consistent eye contact with me. Yeah. And that's throwing me off as well. It really just derailed the opening of this podcast. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about, we've been hinting at this. This is take two of us trying to record this podcast episode of our top tens, uh, top ten movies of all time. Now, for long-time listeners, which there are very few of you, uh, we originally, the first episode of this podcast, poor audio quality and all, was our top fives. And top five movies of all time, we talked about that, we discussed them. And now that it's been uh, almost like six, over six months since we started this thing. Yeah, we're closing on that. Yeah, Yeah. six months. we are going to extend that because we talked about this a while about for for a bit about kicking this around. It's okay. What were our next five be? We had some honorable mentions, but what would, what would the next five be in our top ten? And so we decided that we would do a podcast episode about that about that, but also revisit our top fives because some, for some, their top fives have changed since that podcast was originally recorded in January. So we're going to talk about has those have they changed? Why have they changed? And then also ex- expand to six through ten. Uh, and this time, when we record this, the mics are actually plugged in, so we will actually be putting this out, unlike the last Hopefully. time we did this. Hopefully. Yeah, if we have to record this the third time, I would probably quit the podcast. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably never record it. Um, or at least maybe skip right to 15. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so that's the, uh, that is the general outline salute of this podcast. And we will start it with uh, Dave. Um, why don't you go through your original top five from mm-hmm. back in January, and then explain how, if at all, it has changed? Yeah. So my uh, original top five from January was uh, number one was Everything Everywhere, two was There Will Be Blood, three is Parasite, four is Doctor Strangelove, and five is Ratatouille. And uh, it has changed. Um, so the top three has changed uh, places. So the three movies that are on top three are. Still in top three, but the places have changed. And um, there's a new movie in the top five um, and has just shifted four and five down. Um, okay, so why don't you go five yeah. through one again? So number five is Doctor Strangelove. So that went down one. Okay. Uh, four is uh, La La Land. Um, mm. I just kept watching this movie. Uh, um, a good watching. movie. It a is great a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, yeah, and I just found myself always thinking about this movie, always humming A Lovely Night, always mm. humming Another Day in the Sun, uh, humming uh, uh, Someone in the Crowd, just all the the um, uh, wonderful, uh, beautiful um, uh, musical pieces and uh, re-watching scenes on YouTube. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, this is clearly number four when I realized about how much so I was I actually question. thinking about this movie. About- a question because I also have an affinity for La La Land's music and the music of certain other musicals that don't need to be named, but we both know which one I'm talking about. Does that affect, 
is, is, so that's a big play in your rankings, the fact that you're revisiting the music so frequently. Because I'm able to separate the music from the musical as a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Because if, you're also revisiting the scenes. Is that the yeah, difference? Yeah, so okay. like every time uh, I am revisit, revisiting the music, I'm like envisioning the scenes. Okay. Because, especially because like... Uh, like singing in the rain like the singing doesn't take up the whole scene there's also yeah. like a lot of dancing in it mm-hmm. and just the set piece the product design the 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 their dancing yeah. you know, how it looks is is just beautiful yeah that's that's um, true especially for a lovely night that's like one of the best oh yeah it's beautifully shot it's yeah so absolutely cool. yeah especially like when you like know that like the background wasn't faked like it wasn't yeah. CGI yeah. and they actually took time like for the 30 minutes that the sky looked like that yeah. sh- shot it um it it means a lot. Um, What's your favorite song from La La Land? Oh, Lovely Night. Really? Um, nice. Though there is a city, there's a Hollywood, Hollywood version, in quotations, version of City of Stars that's lengthened, okay. and that's also very good. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, I have all of, uh, most of the songs in a playlist of mine. Yeah. Um, though I think the most impactful is the uh, the audition, uh, where she sings um, about her uh, aunt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three is uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. Um, so this moved down from one to three. Similar reason to... Uh, the reason why it moved down and the other two moved up is for the same reasons why La La Land moved to number four. I just kept thinking about it more than Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, I think... Um, after, also after every watch of Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's still a five-star movie and very near-perfect for me. Um, there was just a lot of plot holes that I saw and just flaws that I see in the movie, which don't make it a worse movie. I'm just, uh, these other two are just that much more perfect that I think deserves to be one on, it deserves to be on number one and two on my list. Uh, so number two is Parasite. Number one is There Would Be Blood. Yeah, that, that defensible. And we'll be getting into your six through 10 later, but you know, not too much, not too much shuffling around, but I do think your, my question about La Land made me really think we do need to do a musical episode. Oh, 100%. Podcast. Very down. Just, yeah. And I promise I won't take up talking about specifically one musical that does not need to be mentioned. But, uh, Are you just worried that if we say the name, we'll just like derail? Well, just, it's about that. Well, partially <laughs> that and also partially like I'm not fully like bum, 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 out of the closet bum, 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 as a theater kid, you know? And I think that Fair. if I were to talk about that and how much I've been obsessed with it, I think it would be like, whoa, like, you're a pretty serious theater kid. You should probably, like, get that checked out. And yeah. so that's kind of my fear right now, Fair you know, enough. and this is going on the internet. I might include the song. Um, As and, the end and, Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. like, just right here. Uh, a lovely <laughs> night. No, no, from the musical that shall not be named. Oh. You might out you. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's fine. Uh, although long-time listeners will know the one I keep bringing up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Andrew, what's your top five? How, how has it changed? Has it changed? So, yeah, my old top five was from the fifth to the first. No Country for Old Men at number five. Then Dune. Then Gladiator. Then Tenet. Then Hateful Eight at the number one spot. And that has largely stayed the same. Um, no Country has dropped off of fifth to a, a lower position mm-hmm. that will be discussed later on. And... Then, so I had Gladiator at three, and then I watched it again, and I was like, hmm. Well, I did watch the extended cut, which yeah. probably plays into this, mm-hmm. but I was like, wow, this is kind of boring. <laughs> and then I watched Braveheart again, and I was like, wow, this is very not boring. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just, yeah, re-experienced Braveheart and was like, dang, this movie hits close to home. Um, so yeah, that's why that one took Wait, the third Wait, you're Scottish? Spot. Hmm? You're Scottish? Home is in like, citing the Father's Day episode. 
just like very yeah. This grew is up the, watching it. This is the third pod. I believe this is the third podcast that Braveheart has been brought up at least. Yeah. yeah, and it probably won't be the last. Good, and it's just it's it just should good. be the last. I'm just kidding. Shut up. <laughs> Come on, it's a great movie. One best picture. Yeah. Did. Um. So anyway, yeah, Gladiator. To me, the extended cuts are very important. Like, it's very interesting to see what more the director wants in there. Yeah. And so to see, like, oh, he just wanted more boring stuff is like. See, I found that stuff really interesting. Well, I mean, normally I would, but I think. Not maybe not in Gladiator. What we both talked about is like the part of Gladiator that makes it a little bit harder to ignore is like they're probably both Braveheart and Gladiator equally historically inaccurate, but it's a lot harder to ignore because I just know more about it from like history classes about Roman politics. Yeah. It's like. The emperor getting the Colosseum, just way out there. Yeah, wouldn't have happened. And like, I'm sure there's but a ton of awesome. other stuff. It's freaking it's awesome. sick. But counterpoint, there's probably tons <laughs> of stuff in Braveheart that like does it shouldn't have happened and like wasn't accurate. But like, yeah, I, don't I care. mean, isn't like the main character supposed to be like three different characters? Like, yeah, like, three different so people in real life. There's like three people that were like turning that caused turning points in like the Scottish fight for independence, yeah. and they just kind of balled it all up. And yeah, were, like here's this awesome three hour movie. Yeah, so. Uh, I just need to do a quick shout out before you kick Gladiator off of your top five and out of your, yeah. you know, at, just yeah, out, out of the that, rankings, out of the out of the podcast. Uh, I believe both times we talked about Gladiator, we've not talked at all about Gladiator Two, which might be one of my top ten favorite movies of all time that has not even come out yet. This yeah. one looks, looks great, really good. Looks like absolutely like insane. We Paul Mescal is Paul Mescal. It's I'm sorry, Denzel, Denzel, and Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal was and uh, Barry Keegan. Bang, Barry, Barry Keegan, Keegan. Yep. which which. If he is the antagonist, he, he's of on the, the cusp movie, of like he's on the cusp of becoming a really like he's on the cusp of become like he. This is the perfect like I want to be the next Joaquin and just do that role. And this could just, be like the dynamite that ignites his male work rise. I, I completely For agree. Sure. That movie is going to be like in like Denzel because he has yeah. Like Barry Kagan has like two things going for him. He has he had Banshees last year and he had that Which, cameo at the end of the Batman. But like, that's, well, he's also in Dunkirk. Oh, that's right. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. But like the, those aren't enough to like. And he was in Eternals. Yep. Which was a he, bad movie. He was good in Eternals. He was though. good in Eternals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this is something that will like just continue to hopefully snowball his career and like could be a huge like thing that helps him make it yeah. really really big. So Gladiator Two does look sick, and I'm glad there's no Braveheart Two in the works. Couldn't happen. No. Couldn't happen. Mel Gibson is busy Absolutely working not. on uh, the Passion Two. Actually, I don't know if you knew about that. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. Absolutely not. But anyway. So that's my top five. How it is, or no, how it is now is from the fifth. Uh, Whiplash is now the fifth spot mm-hmm. because Whiplash is a freaking fantastic movie. Well, Chazelle. I think from making the first top five to now, I have seen Whiplash an additional three times, which is adding to my already already two times of seeing it, and it's just fantastic. Mm. It's insane what he did with ninety minutes of screen time. Yep. Mm. and they filmed it in like. 12 days, like it went from short film to feature and like 12 days of filming and it's so tense and it's really interesting the commentary it makes on ambition versus affection and like it's just really, really cool. Um, I get more and more out of it each time and that's why it takes over from No Country for Old Men as the fifth spot on my list. Okay. But everything else is the same. Everything else favorite, is the same. It still movie. goes Whiplash, number four, Dune, Braveheart, Tenet. Hateful Eight, hmm. for reasons previously discussed. And I've seen all of those movies. Yes. Uh, I've not seen all of Dave's. The only Which one I've seen is Strange Love. You're only missing uh, oh, yeah. Love. I've only missed Strange Love. And I believe, Andrew, you've not seen... Because, here. I'm missing the Oceans movie. Yeah, so my top five 
did not change at all because these top five movies are written out of my soul. They will not change. They will. It will be a lot for them to ever change. Uh, they have stayed the same. Now, I did mention last podcast that I did mix around my top ten, like six through ten mm-hmm. uh, last week. Uh, is just kind of thinking through those things more. Um, but I think probably my six and seven, maybe eight movies, those are locked in. And so especially the top five, locked in. I actually have found myself craving to rewatch all five of those movies at some point over the last like week. Love those movies. You've seen all my top five, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. So to remind everyone, uh, to remind listeners, my top five was uh, number five, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Number four, Ocean's Eleven. Number three, The Departed. <laughs> uh, number two, The Godfather. And number one, uh, The Dark Knight. You're not going to do the accent for The Dark Knight? I. What accent? Wait, there's not really... I don't, I don't like know. Like the Batman not, voice? I, I was thinking of the Joker voice. No, but the oh. only person that calls him the Dark Knight in the movie is Commissioner Gordon, who says the Dark Knight. And that's yeah. all the... Great, you could have done that. I, the Gary Oldman voice, where he just talks? Yeah, that was the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think anyone that would, would have said, oh, he's doing the Gary Oldman voice. <laughs> yeah. No one would have gotten that. Yeah. I would have. Maybe I... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even think so. Anyway. Mr. The Batman's better than The Dark Knight? You wouldn't have gotten that. Can we not fight about this again? Because I'm, like, I'm just, it might I'm always actually make me punch him. That's fair. Um... Get wrecked. Anyway, so those are our top five. Some have changed. Some have stayed the same. Uh, I don't know. Does that mean that the people whose change didn't change meant that they put more thought into the original podcast? Who knows? That's not. Or does that mean the people who haven't changed is because they only saw five additional? Hey, we agree. Just thinking about this in general. Oh, you're going after him. Could that be it? (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, it's actually great. I saw five new movies, so therefore they're on my top ten. Yeah. Uh, no. Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> that is actually true. I've actually seen the number. I think actually it's a compliment to me because the number of movies that I new movies that I have seen in the past six months are exponential, especially like good movies. And I mean, I my top so. five are still the same. You, we have a movie podcast. I would hope you. I know, but like exponentially more movies. For the first couple months of planning this, be like, hey, Peter, have you seen that? No. <laughs> no. Hey, oh, this one. let's do a no. 2019 draft. Haven't have you seen, seen any of them? I've seen Missing five six. movies from 2019. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the Avengers Endgame five times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we will get into... Now we will transition. We'll take a break. And then we will start into our 6 through 10. And we're back with our starting at number 10. We're going to start at number 10. We're not going to do, you know, 6 through 10, but we're going to start at number 10. Uh, Dave, go. What is your 10th, what is the, your 10th favorite movie of all time? Uh, my 10th favorite is Inside Lewin Davis. It's a Coen Brother film mm. of, uh, starring Oscar Isaac as the main protagonist, as Lewin Davis. Um, it's, a, it's basically a, just about a, a folk singer. Um, living life, um, living couch to couch in New York City, and eventually goes to Chicago for a little bit and then comes back. Um, I love this movie because, um, I mean, it is a very depressing film, yeah. uh, but it's quite funny and it's kind of dark humor. Um, also, just what it kind of uh, um, te- uh, tells us about uh, life and it ha- uh, takes a lot from uh, Camus' uh, one must imagine Sisyphus is happy as a, like a person who doesn't realize life is meaningless will keep going through trying to reach his reach a dream that he might never ever achieve. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, it's like also finding meaning in the struggle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. And that's also, it's like very Greek in the way uh, it, it tells a short story. Like uh, the Coen brothers has another film called um, Brother, Where Art Thou? Where that's a, a, a very... George Clooney. George mm-hmm. Clooney. It's a very, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's based on the Odyssey and it's very like um, clear that uh, there's um, references from the Odyssey. But mm-hmm. this is more... Uh, um, subvert um uh, implicit in the way it, it shares like those greek myth um uh tones the themes um yeah it's a very very uh interesting movie um for the first uh until the ending i was just like oh this is a pretty cool movie and then it ends like how it starts um kind of really like uh bringing back to the, the whole where sisyphus brings up the rock and then just lets it fall again um, and that whole cycle re- returning, um, and when that happened, I was just like, "Oh shoot, this is really smart." Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this a musical? No. Uh, there's a lot of uh, music in it. Okay. And the soundtrack is absolutely bussing. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So Oscar Isaac recorded the whole pod- the whole soundtrack with uh, Marcus Mumford. Of yeah. And Sons. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they had a live uh, yeah. a concert. I didn't know because like, didn't- the music is. I would say similar to how like the Joker's not a musical, but there's a lot of musical influence. Yeah. Like there's music in it and they the characters do sing, but only in terms of like what it does for yeah. the yeah. plot. So it's like yeah. They're not like singing along dialogue like they do in certain Okay. Other or, like Les Mis. terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, the other Les Mis. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Or like or like La La Land where like Kate kinda of takes a break from yeah. like, real life and it doesn't further the plot along necessarily. It's just more like it's an aspect of the plot. Yeah. It does not further the plot itself. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. I just wanted to clarify. Yep. Great. That's your number 10. Andrew? Uh, my number, number 10, 10 is uh, Goodfellas, by, mm. directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, it's a great one. I would say that like the first time you watch this movie, I think it has your attention the entire way through. Mm-hmm. And like from the trunk scene, like mm-hmm. you're in. And then there's well, that's that, the first scene. I know. So. That's what I mean. Like the very first, like <laughs> the first scene. And then there's that really long montage of like, it's like a 30 minute, like a 25, 30 minute cut at yeah. the end. And it's just like stressful. Where he's on cocaine. Where the whole he's time. on cocaine the whole time. Yeah. And he's like trying to get his family to cook, and like <laughs> he's trying to hide from the feds. Yeah. And then like it's just they're paranoid about the helicopter. He's so, always just like it's looking so up in the air, looking for the helicopter. Like, oh, it's so good, and it's just super polished and like such a great mobster movie. Yeah, I love this movie a lot. I've seen it. I think either two or three times, um, and it's just so good. I. I, this movie I watched a couple weeks ago with my brother, and I'd never seen it before. And at the end, I was like, "Where has this been all my life?" Mm-hmm. Like it just—it was just like, "How did I live my life without this movie?" And it's just such a perfect pair to like The Godfather and just some of those other really great mob movies. I, I love this movie. Have you seen The Irishman yet? Uh, no, I've been okay. waiting to watch it. That but would be one of the 2019 movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. earlier. <laughs> The problem is that Andrew keeps going out of town every weekend, and that's it's true. like a f- oh, four-hour Oh, because you haven't movie. watched Irishman. Yeah, I keep, I that's keep my waiting. one 2019 movie. Mm. Yeah, I've we, seen every other one. Congratulations. Mm. Would you like an <laughs> award for that? Yes. Yeah, it's at the shop. Okay, uh, we can, We I keep saying we should watch it. It'd be a perfect Irishman. There have been multiple mm. times I've told you this would be a great Irishman weekend, but Andrew's always out of town. Yeah. So he's out of town again. So we have to watch it. Yeah, just... Gosh, can you tell your parents to leave you alone so we can like, try. watch the Irishman? Great. Anyway, so that's your number ten, good fellas. Yeah. Great choice. How about you? Uh, my number ten is uh, The Incredibles. Uh, this is a movie we've talked about. On, I've talked about on two separate podcasts. Uh, my love for this movie 
uh, I think was came through. So I won't I won't beleaguer the point. Um, this is a great movie. Uh, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my family. And so for all of those reasons, kind of that I've talked about, I mean, like the Father's Day podcast is a great example of that. Uh, I just really love this movie. I have it at the you know the tips of my fingers all the time. It's my number ten. Um, it was not in my original number 10 when we first recorded this podcast. And I thought about it some more. I'm like, I have to put this on there. So that's my number 10. Cool. My number nine is Arrival. Mm. Um, don't shake your head. Listen, man. Um, Just explain. <laughs> uh, very similar to uh, Inside Lewin Davis. I like what it's talking about. Just like the future and like how... Uh, Amy Adams' character knows that uh, her daughter's going to die and yet still goes on uh, living that life because she absolutely loves her daughter. Um, also, what it talks about, uh, how it kind of dives into language and like different cultural miscommunications that can happen if you're... Dives in is uh, it's, it's, not the way to say it. No. It's it more like yada yada is it. And no, it's like, it, is yada, it, yada, it yada yada is how they understand... Um, how they get to communicate with the aliens. It doesn't, it, yeah. it, there's not a lot of yada yada. It's like one of the main points of the, what drives the movies forward is how they differed in, the, in, no in interacting with the alien than what the, how the Chinese or the Russians interacted with the aliens. But there's no, like, there's no miscommunication because he tells her what to say to him in the future and the past. That's not See? the miscommunication I'm saying. Oh my gosh. You, I, you know what kind of miscommunication I'm saying. It's very similar to they, we sent ourselves. Like, like that is like interstellar. It feels like interstellar. Th- that part, the, the the end scene where she's talking on the phone, where like that whole thing. Is that a flaw? Maybe. It's a huge yes. flaw. But it's no, still. But your number hits. one point. Your number I one, I leave that movie absolutely devastated. But your your first point of the daughter is probably like three minutes of the last montage. It's from the beginning. No, but I'm saying like like it's the daughter comes out, out from the beginning, once and that's why it, it leads up. And then once you find out, it just it's just like whoa. But they don't dwell on that. They dwell yeah, on... Yeah, but, but the problem is, is that it also doesn't, like, the fact that, like, it just creates, like, a really frustrating paradox where it, she always... It doesn't let you sit with any of the big things that are going on in the movie. Nope, it's like, it's... oh, they diverted a huge crisis. Cool. Oh, it, actually, the daughter is in the future, and she doesn't care. Oh, cool. So but like, that stuck with me. But that's so, so I don't know what to tell you. Yada, 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 yeah. As much as it could, if they would just focus up and, like, make a little bit more of a concise movie. I think it's an incredible bit of science fiction. It is. I think, I think it's super it creative. Is. It's very original. Uh, except for the fact that like it and Interstellar are very similar at points, um, but I like both those movies a lot. I just think that like you're putting it on this pedestal as like a five star perfect movie, which is like I just I, I, yeah. I just cannot get there. That's I think, fine. I think I, you this, allow this movie hit with I, me. I think you allow the the plot holes to be covered over by certain emotional stuff, which I think is kind of manipulative because the plot kind of undermines some of those emotional undertones. It hits. I don't okay. know what to tell you. This like, movie hits. No. I I watched this movie three times in the past two, three months. Once with no, twice, and both times equally just hit. But I will say, I don't Dune, know, man. I see a lot of like quick and dirty stuff that Villeneuve kind of like polished off for Dune, which is really cool. Like there's this one scene where they're lined up in front of the alien wall, and it's shot almost exactly like that scene right before they land on Arrakis in Dune, and like it's even like the same angles on all the faces, and like they're lined up all the same way. Yeah, and like. There's just really cool elements that you can pick out. Like, oh, this is like where Villanova really started to like science fiction. And like, well, yeah, really funny. but like, I but I don't. Anyways, I find more it's value. also very beautifully shot. Yes, it is. Yes. It. I don't know. Like, even like the pacing is never. I I don't think it's ever like it's slow in the sense of like there's not a lot of happening. Maybe, but like 
it just it just feels no that's what i would say the and and like it just keeps my attention the whole time i do think the pieces are really cool the pieces um, that put it together like the visuals and are yeah great, but i think the pacing is like disjointed where it's like mm. man we will never be able to crack this code Hey, we cracked the code. Yeah, and like, well, I know, like it's I a know, time jump. I don't. I don't care. know. I don't care. It yeah, but like, feel the, good. but the interesting part is the is the yeah. was the nitty gritty. We it were trying to figure this good. out, and they like it feels to the wrong end. to go like, man, we have no idea. Oh, they're talking in a loop. It's the same sentence backwards and forwards. We know all these it's really a complex drums. And also not. And then she names her her kid Hannah because it's a pattern. You mean she named her kid Hannah? Yeah. But did she? Or did she name it? Or did she? She named it. She named her past? kid. But was it always that name? Was she we're always just, that name? Because we're just making fun of the plot. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go at me because of that, go at him because of Tenet. Tenet makes no, no absolute no sense. For the record, I have already gone after <laughs> yeah, that. I've been so gone exactly. at. I've been gone at. So, yeah. no, that's why you can't go at me. My letterbox is uh, for Rival. Was there, you can't have any plot holes if your plot's a circle. Yeah, Because, nice. like, that's all it is. Look. Is like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Look. You're both. I think you're both wrong about both of them, these movies you put in your top ten. This I'm movie hits. I'd say no, Arrival, I'm not saying that this movie Arrival's doesn't have flaws. Much I'm, more egregious than Tenet. I'm, that, is, that is absolutely. <laughs> don't get me started on this because you are so you are so absolutely wrong. You are so absolutely wrong. Did Neil send himself? What happened to Neil? How could you? No, no, it's a big, no, 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 no. No one was a big brain. There are eight Neils. Oh my gosh, there are so many Neils. You don't you even know how many Neils there are. Neils on Neils on Neils on Neils. No one was a big brain on this one because he was like, people are going to always get bogged down in the characters. I'll just have no characters. How yeah. about that? And he thought way ahead of all of us yeah. and was like, look at this movie. You don't even have to care about these people Yeah, because there's so many of them. I think I actually do need to learn. Does Christopher Nolan have a language that I could learn so I could fully understand this movie? Because that's the exact probably same. So. Yeah, that's probably what I'm missing. Anyway, that is your number nine. Do you have anything else you want to say on Arrival? It hits. Okay. It doesn't hit. <laughs> right. It hits you in the wrong way. Yeah. It makes me, it devastates me. Uh, vote on whether it hits. It doesn't hit. It does not hit. This is a personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, Andrew, How far you have come from that? And yeah, the beginning of the podcast, it's like, so, there's nothing. It's all objective. It's, it's so objective. You have no idea how objective I never it is. said it on the podcast. And therefore, <laughs> yes. It's not on a podcast, so it doesn't exist. Show me the receipts. <laughs> anyway. Movies are objective, and therefore I am right. Wait a minute. No, I might actually be wrong. No, they're subjective. That's exactly what happened. 100%. Yes. Uh, my number nine, I was uh, kind of a little bit labored over this decision. Two movies from the same director that are very different, I would say. But I ended up coming around uh, Inglourious Bastards. Mm. I think I was between Inglourious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think even though like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like a fun movie, I like Inglourious Bastards better because I think the story is really, really intricate and really neat. I think that one scene where they're in the bar in the basement is like some of the most like beautifully written tension I've seen in Beautiful? a movie. Like, like, just well-written tension. Like, it's just... I'm giving you a hard time. Like, my stomach was tight the first time I it's, saw that movie. I, I, yeah, beautiful does not... When when the lines say goodbye to your Nazi balls or something like that, it's not exactly what I, I mean, think of. I enjoy, like, watching Nazis. Very poetic. Yeah, I know, it? I know. Yeah, they also kill Fastbender, which is sad. That is sad. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's... I think also Christoph Waltz is incredible. Dude speaks like four languages. Is one of the Dude most, is so talented. One of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Like, I think like, and then there's that scene that gets slept on a lot where she is like in front of, is it, it's Goebbels and Christoph Waltz is there and he's like eating the strudel and stuff. And just like the way that that scene is done is really neat for no reason. Like it's just exposition 
But Tarantino puts his heart and soul in like every scene in that movie, and it's so good. Um, yeah, so I love Inglourious Bastards. I think it's Tarantino. I would say at his well, no, I mean obviously Hateful Eight is my number one, but like it's one of my favorite <laughs> Tarantinos. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it's wild that this is so low compared to Hateful Eight. But that's just me. Like, that makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. Because wow. this is like, because Hateful Eight is like, it feels like discount Inglorious Bastards, where Inglorious Bastards is like the peak of that. Well, no, like, Hateful Eight is just a discount of a lot of things. I would agree. Shut up. So, <laughs> what I was said about like, where it's the, like, what if the bar scene was the whole movie and it's not quite as tense? No, I was about <laughs> to say like, that first thing, I was about to say like, what I love so much about Inglorious Bastards is the way that they write that undercover scene and like, yeah, kind of half the people know what's going on, half the people don't. In the same way, I think there's a lot of those different parts in Hateful Eight where like there's Samuel Jackson's character who's like giving that old Civil War general a hard time. Yeah, and, like there's that scene that's really tense. And, like as he's telling the story of how he met his son. Yeah, like it's just you get this feeling that like something's about really bad's about to happen. Yeah, and that happens like three or four times in the movie where like the poisoning the coffee. Yeah, um, Channing Tatum shows up in the basement somehow. Right. right. Yeah. It's great. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's not, we're not fighting That's Nazis. That's great. Yeah. It's not, we're, not we're, fighting, not that. we're not talking about that. We're not that. fighting with Nazis. We'll have a different one. We'll have a different one. <laughs> we're not going to beat the Nazis. Instead we'll of the surprise we'll that you know, the Nazis are going to win it's in, and we kill Hitler, it's, oh, actually, Channing Tatum with a bad accent was just in the basement. It's like, oh it my wasn't gosh. A, it wasn't a great accent. I'll, yeah, I'll, it was terrible. Yeah, anyway, that. sorry. But we can have a different podcast. All right. Hopefully it. My nope. Num- Please, we're not. Nope. It's gonna happen. Not gonna happen. We will do a Tarantino. You can podcast. do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah Tarantino. Podcast. <laughs> we'll do. We're doing a Tarantino. I'm building. How many Tarantino has you watched? I've seen four. Three. Oh, four. Four, four. out of right. out of uh, Nine. ten. Uh, eleven. Ten. Eleven. No, no, no it's ten. It's ten right now. Uh, no, no, it's nine. Well, if you think uh, volume Kill Bill Volume Kill One and Kill one. Volume Two, I'm counting the way Tarantino counts them, which is Kill Bill's is one. Oh, okay. The Hateful Eight is his eighth movie. He refers to it as the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And so yeah, but the one after that weird. is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it's nine. Yeah. So there have been nine movies by Quentin Tarantino. Therefore, I've seen four of them. Well, okay. There have been He ten. just wants to make one more movie. Yeah, That's there why. have been <laughs> ten feature-length films <laughs> directed and produced by Quentin Tarantino. Directed and produced. It's true. It's true. Is he I count the way the rest of humanity counts. Oh, I love Tarantino, but I don't count like he does. What is it like? Uh, anyway. That's a great impression. Thank you. Uh... My number nine is, uh, I think, one of the most important films of all time, uh, uh, Black Adam. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's about to be like, yes, <laughs> let's go. Uh, my number nine is Casablanca. Uh, this is a movie that I first watched on an airplane, funnily enough. Are you going to call me a snob? No, 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 no. I was just be like, I knew it. Yeah. You, changed, you changed it. Yeah, I actually think uh, I was doing some reflecting on it. And part, the only reason it wasn't is because I've only seen it twice. And yet I realized that like the number of times that I've rewatched scenes and thought about this movie and listened to the soundtrack and all of these sorts of things. And how it, like, it really changed the way I view movies where I saw how much, like I just, it, was, it felt like reading like a source text. It just felt like this is where so much of what I love about movies comes from. And just the incredible artistic nature of which that like a movie is aged so beautifully and so well Wait, historically. How long ago did you see this? The first for the first time? Yeah. I saw it about four years ago. And you said it changed the way you view movies. You think <laughs> that you watched movies before this? Because <laughs> that's kind of wild. Oh wow. oh wow. 
shut up. Um, right. <laughs> I have no response to that. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, I just love this movie. I think it is, it's, it's just like, if you've not watched this, if you've not watched this movie, remedy that immediately it because it is, really it, this is a movie that I'm just like, this, not enough people have seen and it drives me crazy because more people need to have seen this movie. Don't re- don't watch it when you're sleepy though, because you will fall asleep. <laughs> I fall fell asleep the first time I tried to watch it. And I was like, "This seems like a good movie to watch. It's about spies and Nazis. It's gonna be exciting." And I fell asleep. Yeah. I love this movie. The movie makes me laugh. It makes me cry. <laughs> Just don't watch it when you're sleepy. <laughs> it's, it's suspenseful at times. It's got great acting. It is just, and it's it's also like an incredibly like it's a very it's got lots of depth as well where you just mm-hmm. think it's like a traditional like rom like kind of like romantic kind of movie and there's actually real depth and commentary if you understand the history that was going on while the movie was literally while the movie was being made it's it's an incredible like time capsule into what movies were at the time and what movies would end up being so, so that's why it's my number 9 I love this movie cool Right. And if it's I'm a, a great snob, movie. I don't care. No, yeah. it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're in the running for being a snob. Rest easy. <laughs> Thank you. Oof. Yeah, I don't say that something is uh, something that's derivative is bad. Um, anyways, I don't say it's bad because of that. I'm just saying well, I'm not looking forward to it. Let's not step. Let's not step. <laughs> let's not preemptively step on the Barbie podcast because I feel like that's going to be thrown around a lot. Um. Anyways, my number eight is Lady Bird, uh, by Greta Gerwig, um, who's also going to direct Barbie. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. How many times have you seen this movie? I've seen it twice. Um, It's a movie that I would like to see. Yeah. Uh, I've also re-seen scenes on YouTube and stuff like that. It's just... um, Yeah, I mean, I... mm, I don't know if I relate to this movie, like, uh, one for one, like, everything that she goes through, but there's moments where uh, how she interacts with her mother Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm like, I did that. Uh, Like, there's a scene where um, the mom kind of complains about how she's living her life and now she doesn't try hard and like how they spend so much money on her and Lady Bird kind of uh, bursts out saying, uh, give me a number and how, uh, I'll get a great job and repay you for all the uh, uh, money you've spent on oh. raising me. Oof. And I've done that exact thing to my parents. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Um, so and I just related to that uh, a lot. And it was really interesting because like, you see that both of these uh, characters, the mom and the daughter, are very big personalities, and they have flaws, but none of them... But you can clearly see that they love each other, um, and it's just that uh, they are just so similar um, that they just butt heads. Um, especially that scene at the airport just makes me cry. Oh, um, yeah, that scene. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. You yeah. can tell. <laughs> I was just looking at you because we're in the same room. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh darn it. What are you on? Nothing. Um, this this movie is also very funny. Um, Andrew, you'd love uh, this because Timothy Chalamet's in it, but he's a very hateable character. Awesome. Um, you absolutely hate this character. Here's the deal: though. this is good as Hostels. <laughs> when he's in it for four minutes, I was like, "Oh, he's in this movie." Bam! He wasn't in the movie anymore. <laughs> I the thing is though is that every every character that Timothy Chalamet plays is to Andrew an incredibly hateable character. Except so except Dune. Because he wasn't in the movie. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's about Dune. He's going to be a lot more. He's going to be in a lot and more. I'm ready, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I think Timothy Chalamet uh, acting wise was amazing uh, in this role. I'm happy for um. <laughs> Anyways, I love this movie. Anyways, go on. I, uh, 
this is a, from the 10 minutes I saw, I, there were about five things, because, you know, shout out Sacktown, NorCal guy. And, uh, could connect Disgusting. <laughs> NorCal guy. It looked, <laughs> it's just, just the way that she talked about, like, growing up in Sacramento, I'm like, I didn't grow up in Sacramento, but I grew up close enough, so I'm like, yeah. How far away from your house was the movie made? <laughs> Uh, it's about 45 minutes with no traffic. Yeah. So oh. right, Sacramento's right down not the, too far from uh, Glockton. I, I yeah. interned there first semester. Yeah, I interned in Sacramento first semester in Glockton. Yeah, it's the it's the airport usually I fly out of when I'm coming when I'm coming to DC. Or yeah. I was watching this movie and he just comes and be like, "Is it the Sacramento airport? Remember, oh my goodness, that's the Sacramento airport!" And it's like it's like a really tense scene because yeah. like mom is crying. Yeah. Right. And, and he's like, like "That's the Sacramento airport. That's I knew that airport. I fly like, that every time." She's like sending in the voice message like, "Mom, I love you." It's the airport. The thing was, I was I had literally flown out of that airport like the day before, so I was extremely yeah. familiar with that airport, and I'm just not. I was expecting like, I was like about to cry, and he's like, "Is it the airport?" I'm like, "Never mind." Well, I'm also like, "Thanks I'm, for ruining the movie." I'm also like, oh, "Those are the right street signs," and then it's like she's like talking about going to college, and she's like reading the letters her like mom had written to her and yeah, whatever, yeah. and I'm just like, "Oh shoot, yeah, she's in the Sacramento airport." Oh, that's so cool. They're showing the drive home. That's actually I-5. Let's go. And it's like, I'm actually ruining the movie because I'd come in late. Anyway, that's a funny story. That's true. We'll see it. We'll see it again. Or we'll see it for the first time. I'll definitely see it. Maybe because you're going to be oh. gone this weekend. Yeah. Maybe we can watch oh, it. Yeah. No, I would like to see it as well. You can oh. see it by yourself. By yourself. You, right. The number of times you've done that to me. Yeah. And I then can't. I still have then gone and not watched the movie. But yeah. you know. Oh, we can also see Past Lives. Yeah. Let's do yeah, that. Let's do that. Really Great do movie. That, actually, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Andrew, you're number eight. Number eight. Uh, no Country for Old Men. So this was my number five. Fell three slots. Upon further reflection, Whiplash is amazing. And this movie, to me, just, what just a... very, very interesting. Not quite as compelling as See, I, again, you're so Over. chaotic that your number five goes to number eight. <laughs> and your number three is just gone. <laughs> yeah, because the extended cut was so trash garbage. Maybe you should watch no. the... The regular version again. It was just the extended cut was so trash garbage. But like, you should watch the regular one again. Good. We were both falling asleep on the couch. We we're like, man, this is. It sucks. wasn't also late. I wasn't there. It but was wasn't a also late. late. It was a. It was a bit slow, but like, it's still like I still gave it like four and a half, five stars. Like yeah. so, like it was still really good. It's a four like and the idea that it, it dropped it's four and a half. The idea that it dropped out of it was number three. Yeah. Like the idea. First of all, my number three is The Departed. Do you know what would have to happen in order for The Departed to drop out of my top ten? You'd have to watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> How likely is that? How likely Fair is enough. that? Fair Basically enough. impossible for that so, to happen. And what I will say, too, is I understand the critique, but I think... And you had already seen all these movies, so it was not like you were had new information that were just well, injected what I, in. What did happen, though, is I rewatched some that came between these two movies. Yeah, okay. And so I rewatched Prisoners and Glorious Bastards. And to Don't spoil, spoil it. Spoil, well, yeah. too late. Uh, and I rewatched also, I think, Goodfellas when I was home recently or something. Uh, I rewatched stuff further up on the list that was like, oh, I actually do like those a lot better. Even though I obviously still respect the movie Gladiator. So you much. also haven't watched enough movies. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, but No Country for Old Men, I think, is a great movie. I think it's, it's obviously my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I think the... Action is super interesting, but also it's very it's a very philosophical you movie. Mean non-existent at As times. Hey, chill out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, at times, yeah, sure. I just love that I get to team up with Dave to roast Andrew, and I get to team up with Andrew to roast. Well, Dave. the it's very great. point of the movie is like like you said about um, Inside the Long Davis is the Coen brothers like to make philosophical movies, and I think this one is mm-hmm. no different. But you just don't like the philosophy, which is like 
I think the, the, the philosophy is we're not going to show the action of the well, highlight of the movie. Also, it's like evil is evil. Whoa, dude. It's That's like, crazy. No, no, no. There's evil. No, no, no. But there's like a lot of evil. And we no. don't understand it. It's like, wow. That's what the point is. It's that's not so, just that's crazy philosophy. It's not like everyone can know that at any point ever. I mean, it's crazy for these it's like, guys. It's like, to like one philosophy class. It's like, where did evil you come think, from? You think Tommy Lee Jones' character in that movie took a philosophy class? Really? Perhaps. No. Exactly. Yeah, so I think like, it's really interesting no, to see those worlds collide of like the salt of the earth sheriff who's only knows like bank robbers are like shoot people when they want money and like these people do this when yeah. they want this. And there's even one scene in a coffee shop where he's sitting down with Llewellyn's wife and is reading the story in the newspaper about this family that had, like, captured these old people and, like, keeping them in their backyard and, like, yeah. super twisted and awful stuff. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, I can't reckon that. Like, I don't know what to do with that. And so it's watching... Hmm. And the movie does center around Josh Brolin, for sure. Yeah. But it also is Tommy Lee Jones' character, like, watching this unfold and just not knowing why or, like, what's going on. And then... And so it gives up. I mean, yeah, that's what it, he's driven yeah. to is like, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what to do with that. And like, I was raised to know that, you know, things happen for a reason. Like people are evil for, to, to get to an end, like the end just by the means. But like, this guy's just out here doing this for no reason, apparently. Well, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, that's true. It's from the Dark Knight. I know. Yep. I was trying to ignore it. Yeah, okay. me too. Uh, but I find this movie really interesting. And I find the the chase sequence in the back half of the movie really cool. Yeah, that was um, really cool. I think Anton Chigurh's character is very, very interesting. Um, he's not that interesting. I don't think he's character. that interesting. I, he's an incredibly played villain. I, I yeah. do. And I like, give him the Oscar. I think that's I the mean, one thing so, I don't really like. I'm not part of the mainstream of because I like to be part of the mainstream with all my takes. Yes, you do. We know. But I think this one is just the one I'm, I just don't get. I'm like, I don't know how he's interesting. Like. His weapon's interesting. Well, I think it's... No, but I think, like... Yeah. So you see you see him, like, have these weird rules that he's ascribed to. Yeah. Like, at the very end, when he kills the wife, he's like, I made a promise. I'm sorry, keep going. And I he's just like, had a thought. Oh, he's like, I made a promise. Uh, and she's like, I didn't get in your way. Like, I didn't do anything against you. Why? You don't have to do this. And he's like, no, I do, because I made a promise to Llewellyn, who's already dead... Yeah. And so she's like, what are you talking about? And then she, he, he kills her. And then, but the whole thing is too, the, he's a man of his word, but across the, like along the movie, he's a very like clean dude. He's a man of rule. Like he has, he puts like the paper down in the hotel room before he like blows those guys away with his like jacked up shotgun. He wipes off his shoes at the end of the movie at the, when he gets, leaves their house. Like there's always little rule. And then the gas station point serves to mm-hmm. show he's just like super chaotic and, and that's like one of the best scenes of the movie. It I is, agree. and like he ascribes like random value to this quarter, and is like, "Don't put it in your pocket because it just becomes a regular quarter." And yeah, like, there's all this different stuff that like you don't really ever get to sit down and fully explain the character, which is the same as you don't get to really ever sit down and like fully see the ending. And so I think there's kind of this like feeling of like unsatisfaction, and that's supposed to be there. And it's really funny too when I think both of the characters, Anton Chigurh and uh, Josh Brolin's character. Uh, you know, w- like Josh Brolin sees the money and like runs with it for the whole movie. Um, but in both of their like states of being like mortally injured, the one when Josh Brolin's coming across the border and he like buys the shirt off the guy for mm-hmm. money, and then the same exact thing happens when Anton Chigurh wrecks the car. He buys the kid's shirt off him for money, and it's like in that way those characters are super super different. But in driven to those circumstances, they act the exact same way. And then Anton Chigurh just like 
rides off into the sunset, and that's the end of the movie. I think it's really, really cool. Do you know what I realized? That's what mm-hmm. I made, made, made my face do the, what it did. Uh, I think this is the movie is very similar to The Dark Knight in the things it's trying to say. And like I made the joke about that, but like wrestling with evil and stuff, like even like even some like more surface level stuff, like you fight a villain who flips coins to figure out whether he's gonna kill people or not. Like some of that stuff, like there is like some of that kind of complex philosophy of like wrestling with uncaged evil is something that's true. But at the same time it also has this like the Dark Knight has the scene where there's a the 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 bat cycle rolls over <laughs> uh-huh. while it's turning. And then the bat cycle in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, there's no bat cycle in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> which is why it's, like, if it, there was a bat cycle and, like, that's... Yeah. No, but I guess I see, like, your point of, like, yeah. Joker and Anton, in a way. Yeah, they're I don't, very... I don't yeah. see... They're both, like, forces. They're both... Em- uh, emo- no, uh, I would say that Anton is obviously the two-faced character, not Joker. No, I but know. he's more... he it, Like, Joker and him are both the uh, unstoppable force. Of evil, yeah. Of no, evil. I would say he's more like Two-Face, because in the gas station scene, he's like... He flips a quarter. No, yeah, yeah, but like, like what he represents of evil. Like, Joker doesn't really do anything yeah, the, 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 yeah, the rest Yeah, the wrestling that Tommy Lee Jones' character is very similar to the wrestling that kind of Batman goes through. Yeah, even like the sure. bad guys okay. don't okay. understand except, except Batman goes and says, I must destroy him by any means necessary. Because he's a superhero. Because, well, yeah, but that's also yeah. like, but he's also like, that is also, he, that is just kind of his calling to do yeah. that. Yeah. Where it's like he's not he's not grown cynical over time. Like it's it's just very much like what he does. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if Tommy Lee Jones was like had grown cynical or if it was just like he just like he was outmatched. He's like I was just like his dad was a lawman, as he said. Yeah. Like he was a sheriff and like grew up yeah. like knowing how to take down the evils that would like plague that little town. Yeah. And then he came up against something he couldn't match, and he was like, I want to do this. I don't yeah. think it was like a jaded or cynical thing. He was just like. I got nothing. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting mm-hmm. to me about it. Batman's never got nothing. It's true. Always got something. It's true. And that's why he's got Anyways, let's totally move on. Yep. Uh, is it me? Yeah, it's mine. My number eight is... Uh, the This one did not change from the original podcast recording. This is the... My number eight film is When Harry Met Sally. Solid pick. Uh, this movie solid. I've talked about on uh, multiple. multiple podcasts. This is the... Uh, this is the film I probably recommended the most. Although Casablanca, I probably... Like, I will probably recommend that one the most. But it's funny because these two movies, Casablanca and When Harry Met Sally, like, When Harry Met Sally is very, almost serves at times as, like, an explanation of Casablanca where they're, part of their friendship is that they're arguing about Casa, about the ending of Casablanca and that's kind of how they become friends and how they think about relationships, how each one of them views the ending of that movie kind of shows the way that they view their own relationship with each other. Uh, but... That's just a that's just a side note. This movie's incredible. It basically created the idea of what a rom com would be, and basically people have been trying to capture that for the, you know the last since it, since it came out uh, with the idea of you know friends are they going to end up together? Will they? Will they not? Uh, it says so much about relationships. Uh, it says the dialogue is fantastic. It's beautifully shot, and it's it's still fun. It's still funny, um, and it's just like a kind of perfect capsulation of what. I want like a good rom com to be, yeah. and it's the best. It's the best one. Uh, I've talked about this. We talked about this on a rom com episode. I love this movie. Yeah, uh, it's incredibly. Well I done. I rewatch the New Year's uh, scene it's a pretty scene. often. It's a great yeah, scene. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can almost quote that, but I won't don't. because I'm not going. Please that's don't. Weird, but I won't. But Please I, don't. I could. Um. All right, moving on. Your number seven. My number seven is Godfather Part Two. Mm. Um. Uh, I think no, when number eight. Seven. Seven. We're on. We're on seven. 
You just said you're at eight. Oh, that's right. You yep. started us off. Yep. Um, Seven's Godfather Part Two. I feel. Uh, I think from the uh, unreleased podcast about the top ten, I said that this is kind of interchangeable. With part one. Yeah. Um, I like to. Uh, I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, Why? Do you, do what caused you to revoke that um, unpublished take? I don't think they're better than the movies like Lady Bird Arrival and Louis okay. Davis for me. Okay. Um, you, so you would say part one is not better than those movies. No. Okay. Um, like it's still amazing. Yeah. And also like from 10 through like from one through 10, they're all like splitting hairs at, yeah. at that point. Okay. Uh, or from three to 10, they're all splitting yeah. hairs at mm-hmm. that point. Um, so yeah, I don't really feel too bad. Um, yeah. Some number, uh, Godfather part two is so tense from the beginning because oh. it starts off with uh, him getting shot at, uh, by a rival gang, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rival gang. Um, yeah. And it just never lets up. Um, from uh, from the whole casino deal to when they go to Havana, which is still part of the casino thing, and then when he goes back home to mm-hmm. uh, hear that his wife has uh, uh, had, uh, an had an abortion, um, which was devastating, and then seeing how like Al Pacino just acts that scene, like oh. he's like, oh wow, how he turns from sad to angry, just like that. So oh, my oh my goodness. Um, I'm not in this. This is the third movie that I would like us all to watch together in the not too distant future. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be down, of course down to watch this again. Great. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's like no notes for this film. Um, it's just amazing. It's, I knew it was you. Oh. I think this is probably the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's not my favorite because it is an incredibly hard watch. Like, it's devastating. It is a, it is a hard it watch. Is a, it is a devastating watch because you, you pair it with the first one. It's just like, it's like a Greek tragedy. It is so sad. Uh, but it's like, you're right. There's no notes. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh, the scenes in Havana are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got some of the best acting. I've, it's probably the best acting I've ever seen. Pacino yeah. is... Also with the Robert De Niro uh, with uh, flashbacks, that those are also just De Niro is incredible. Oh, uh, dude, and he speaks Italian throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah. my goodness, oh, dude. Yeah, he speaks Italian basically the whole time. He's he's so good, and even the supporting characters. I mean, like you've got like Robert Duvall, mm-hmm. is fantastic. But even like Fredo, Fredo gets to Fredo film. was great. So gosh, yeah, this movie is probably the best movie I've ever seen, uh, and Andrew need to watch it immediately. Sounds good. I we will. can make that happen. Anyway, um, sorry. My number seven, uh, The Dark Knight. It's mm. fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Did you change I've, that? I've swapped it. Okay. With, okay. with what was my seventh and is now my sixth. Okay. Which shall be revealed shortly. In about sure. like eight minutes. Great. <laughs> or a little longer. Yeah. The uh, Dark Knight's fantastic. Definitively. Preach. Best superhero movie. Mm. Um, Heath Ledger obviously takes it away. Mm. It's just like, yeah, this movie is so interesting mm. the beginning scene is just awesome oh yeah um i'd say every one, scene, i think it's every scene is oh yeah beginning it's best intro to a superhero movie yeah I'll, i'd say every scene is like super engaging um i can't think of like a dud scene i'm what? not gonna talk it's fine what? i don't want to fight keep what? talking <laughs> was there too much alfred would you rather than have less alfred like shut up <laughs> i'm choosing to have sane to i what? think this movie is also amazing so okay we don't disagree on that. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I just think it's yeah, it's great. Two Face, like that whole plot is really oh, really cool. Yeah, that interrogation scene with Batman and the Joker is awesome. Um, just like the calm, 
the calm like craziness that the Joker has when he's like taken in. He when is, he he just reins it in. Yeah. He's not yeah. crazy all the time. He just he yep. just yank it in. Just the quiet yeah. crazy where he's yeah. just sitting. Oh gosh, I'm gonna talk about this movie for an hour. It's so good. Uh, the boat scene. I always forget about that. Is so interesting. And yeah, it's just literal pri- like basically a prisoner's yeah. dilemma. Just oh yeah, literally a Quite prisoner's literally. dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Can't say anything that hasn't already been said on the podcast or in other places about how good this movie is. Mm-hmm. The end. I will keep saying it. We'll say it again. Right. Uh, my number seven is uh, Rogue One. Uh, this movie uh, is one of the few that made me feel like I was on fire when I was in the movie theater. Uh, this movie... Uh, is this your favorite Star Wars movie? This is not the best Star Wars movie, which okay. is uh, Empire Strikes Back. It is not as we've heard. As we've heard, <laughs> as I screamed about on a previous podcast, I screamed about it very loudly. Uh, Row one is my favorite, okay. uh, and the only reason is because the, the my experience in the theater was unlike basically anything else I've ever. We watched seen. it again when it came re-released in the theaters, right? Yeah, we watched, we watched it together. It together and that it was, was amazing. It was an incredible. It's an incredible movie in the theater, but just yeah. the the I, I, I said about this in the Star Wars podcast the the feeling. That you that I got when it was oh my gosh it's happening right now, is one of the craziest feelings I've ever felt in the movie, uh, and it's something that I don't know if I will ever ever feel again. Something like that. Uh, it is, and it feels ultimately like I love the original trilogy. I think they're perfect, but those are those feel like another time, and those feel like my parents because my parents are the ones that introduced those to me. And those are the ones that they care about the most, that they got to live with and kind of grow up with. Rogue One feels like my Star Wars movie because it, like, it was not a f- not the. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Not the sequels. Don't say it. I was too young to see the prequels in theaters, and the, the sequels, sequels were were just straight garbage. Were so bad. And Rogue One is the one Star Wars movie of my generation that I can say this is mine, and I get to be yeah. the one to really show I this mean, to my Solo kids. Solo is also yours. Stop it. Stop it. Solo. Stop not it. that bad. Stop it. I know. I know. Let's go. Stop it. No, no, no. You don't get to say that because you said it was better than Rogue One, which is so. It's not true. Which is that was my that was my lead in. That was my like when, shock factor. I was like, my, wow. Just kidding. I don't know who Peter is. You want to tell him? <laughs> yeah. Let's get him to hate you. Yeah. It's arguably the wildest thing. Cool. Definitely not. Definitely not the wildest. That's thing a. F- I think first thing you told me too. <laughs> No, the first thing I told you was... Oh, yeah, we... Okay, never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shall uh, not be disclosed. <laughs> right. Not on, not on a podcast. All right. Uh, number six. We, these are the last movies. Before, do we want to do... Honorable mentions? Honorable mentions before time. we go through? Oh, my gosh. Of course you do, because you've got like one through 50 already done, right? No, no, I don't have it done. Okay. I just, I just know that these are... One uh, of mine was Casablanca. Okay. I mentioned that last podcast. Um, All right. I'm ready to cook. The Social Network. Seven. Godfather Part 1 Top Gun Maverick Uh, I I, Top Gun Maverick was in your honorable mention yeah it's a 5 star movie it's coming around Uh, Iron Man uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark Toy Story 2 that's awfully wild of you to follow up Top Gun Maverick Iron Man (laughs) (laughs) I just love Iron Man dude I can tell Um, Chunking Express uh, Seven Samurai Uh, Singing in the Rain I absolutely love Singing in the Rain I'm surprised it didn't make your top 10 um it, 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 it should, but I, yeah. I just like the other movies a little bit more. Um, I feel like you kind of get there with La La Land. It's like you get a little bit... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, La like, La the reason why I like La La Land that is much because is because of Singing in the yeah. Right and just like... La La Land the, is the, one of my own mentions. Yeah. Um, um, Gone Girl is one of mine. 
It's pretty like rough. Yeah. What? Gone I, I Girl? Like, I like Gone Girl a lot. Oh. I I know. I mean, I haven't watched it, but I just yeah. know that it's. Oh. What do you mean? It's tough. I mean, there's like it's a tough movie. I mean, Fincher's movies are all tough. Yeah. But it's a tough there's movie. like two That's scenes. Social Network is great. There's like yeah, two it's still scenes. Tough. It's still tough. But it's, it's emotionally tough. <laughs> yeah, Gone Girl is also very emotionally tough. That, yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. It's a Spider-Man movie. Oh, I thought you meant because of like... Social Network's the greatest Spider-Man content. movie. Oh. No, 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 no. Because there's like two sketchy scenes. Yeah. And, like it's not a fun watch. No. Kind of like... But like Seven isn't about. a fun watch either. Seven is not a fun watch. Oh. But I did laugh when he said, what's in the box? Because of the yeah. memes. I was like, yeah. gosh darn it. Hey, this is um, Social Network Spider-Man movie. <laughs> also, Tandal... <laughs> Uh, Tandal Wars is one of my uh, Tandal Wars. Yeah, I don't know that movie. Uh, it's 2001. It was Kiefer Sutherland um, and Mark Strong, and those are the only big names. Mm. It's about it's uh, World War II. What did you say? Not a big cast. It's not. Uh, it's a World War II um, concentration camp movie. Oh, really, really sad. Really <laughs> good. Um, I would also say Saving Private Ryan is an honorable mention for me. Mm. Fantastic movie. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Really, Hacksaw really Ridge good. is good. Have you you haven't seen that? Still haven't seen it. No. It's made me cry. Um, I buy that. Silence is very. I want to watch Silence. I feel like I would give it a five stars because I've heard hate, very good things about Silence. I hate the ending of Silence, but up until then I'm like, oh, this movie rules. <laughs> um, are you just going through your five stars? Uh, I'm not done. Synecdoche, New York, New York, North by Northwest, Belfast, Modern Times, Past Lives, oh Nacho Libre. I mute you. I don't right. know how I'm done. Nacho Libre. Heck yeah. That's a five star, bro. <laughs> I, so I hot, first of all, Hot Rod rips way more than Nacho Libre. <laughs> no, oh it does God. not. I will take you to court over that. No, it does not. Yes, it does. Okay, so I had four. I had four on. Actually, Just watch Past Lives. If all of them, just Past Lives. Uh, my my, my fi- <laughs> I have five honorable mentions: Godfather Part Two, and Glorious Bastards, Goodfellas. Those three movies I've not seen enough to put on my top ten, but all three of them very well could if I've seen them, you know, yeah. more than a couple of times. That and might be past lives for me. Mm-hmm. I just need to see them more. And the other, uh, the other two are Heat, which I rewatched recently when oh, I was sick. Oh, I need to watch Heat. This movie is so 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 good because it's Pacino and Nero in the same movie, and they're going after Heck each yeah. other. Heap two with uh, Austin Butler. I, uh, <laughs> I I ordered I ordered the book online. It's coming next of course Tuesday. You did. I can't wait. Heat two. Can't wait. And the other one is the uh, is the other guys. I also rewatched this movie recently. Oh, the also great. rips. That movie is maybe the most quotable movie of all time. Uh, every I scene, you watch it. I've every scene it. kills me. Yeah. Like it's so funny. Even yeah. like every line is so funny. So those are my five. I did not have fifty. I had five. I don't anyway. have fifty either. Yeah. And there's no particular order. I'm not doing my. I would probably move some of those around. I'm not doing my top. Oh, 15. Uh, Memento is an honorable mention. I'd say. Heck yeah. Uh, that oh, great. it is. Remember the Titans? Phenomenal movie. Uh, that movie also. Very also on. made me that cry. Uh, Miracle on Ice. Great sports not movie. Not watched it. Not seen it. Either. Dude, 1980 Lake Placid. Miracle on Ice. Is that a hockey movie? Uh, yeah. yeah we beat the Soviets in hockey, and it's awesome. I'm. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. I'm familiar wow. with the story. Um. Anyway, yeah. Those are the ones. Not Rocky Four. Most quickly. Well, you, you, come you on. Say, See, Rocky Four didn't really happen. We actually beat the Soviets <laughs> in hockey. Suck it. And <laughs> see, see, but like that didn't end the Cold War. Where Rocky Four did end the Cold War. That's, you cannot uh, tell me otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, is it a five-star movie? Isn't a five-star movie for you? Rocky what? Four. Miracle. Rocky Four. Oh yeah, they both are. Okay. Yeah. 
Kurt Russell is the coach. Yeah, if miracle. No, I, I know. I'm just saying. If you, do you? All right. What's your? What's your, oh, yeah? I would honorably mention Rocky Four as well. Yeah, we did it. Great job. All right, uh, Dave, you're number six. Before you dread, jump up another ten honorable mentions, what's your number six? Knives out part of kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, my number six is Ratatouille. I talked about it in my top five. It just went one down because of La La Land. Mm. Um, I still very much love this movie. I still rewatch the uh, um, movie critic. Uh, mm. uh, Frank, Anton, I'm forgetting his name. Anton, Anton Ego. Yeah, uh, his uh, monologue uh, from time to time. Um, also, just like. When he first uh, like closes his eyes and eats the food, and there's like colors, just sparks. I yes. just rewatched that also. Do you know that the voice of Remy's brother is the director of Elemental? Yes, I actually did know that because you sent me the article about I was that. Yeah, yeah. If you'd read Peter Sohn. Yeah, um, I do think the color, like the usage of color in that movie, is really good. That is when he's showing his brother how to like eat food. Yeah, and like those colors going on. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful movie, and I can't wait to do our Pixar ranking sometime soon. We, I mean, we get if, if we were all free to watch Elementals, this would have been Sorry, I'm, our... He's, he's out it's of you, town. It's you. We could have done it. It's you. We would have watched it yesterday. I knew it was you. I haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't do it yesterday because you're like, oh, I double booked myself. I did. We I'm would just, not have been uh, able to I'm watch the movie. I apologize. <laughs> 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 we, we had Operation Couch to take care of. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked anyway because you were... You, we couldn't watch past lives anyway because we because yeah, we yeah. Move anyway. i mean we can watch elementals and just do a separate podcast us too elf that sounds elf. great yeah <laughs> and then does that mean we get to do separate podcasts of all the movies we've seen that peter hasn't sure because we can do like eight 2019 podcasts <laughs> anyway probably the two most different movies in the world from your number six to my number six is prisoners <laughs> <laughs> those are the two most different movies i can think of that's also another brutal movie prisoners is so good <laughs> I rewatched this recently, and I'd seen it twice since it came out, and I think how many Villeneuve's do I have? Three Villeneuve's, just two, just two Villeneuve's. But he had a rival. That's the third. That's right. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm um, You're not. But it's, Prisoners it's is a huge cast: Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Paul Dano. Viola Davis. Paul Dano's star of Dumb Money coming out. Terrence oh, dude, that movie looks dude, awesome. It does look good. It does look good. <laughs> it looks pretty great. I saw it on Twitter today, and I was just yeah. like, yeah. no way. <laughs> like, what is Paul Dano doing in this movie? Uh, Terrence Howard is also there. And that guy, David da- uh, Desmalchian, who's like in a bunch of like DC and Marvel stuff. All right, we get it. It's a huge cast. Move anyway, on. huge cast. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, movie's amazing. Movie is so tense, and it's so... Like mysterious, and Ooh. yeah, spooky. <laughs> There's, because essentially, I mean, Peter hasn't seen it. Nope. Shocker. Don't spoil it. You but recommend it. You tell me to go see it like once. A week. I do. I you need to. We'll I watch wanna, it. I want to watch it. No, I want to. I want to see Peter watch this movie. Maybe be. Shut up. You're gone. What? You're gone for a week. Don't watch Prisoners. <laughs> please. Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, 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 Is it in your top ten? No. I'm gatekeeping it. That was an up quote. <laughs> I just quoted up. Never mind. Oh, okay. Please, oh, please watch Prisoners. Please, oh, please. Yeah. Thank you. So, this is from Doug. Prisoners is amazing because the mystery of it all is, first of all, it's just a great setup. It's a great premise. Is Channing Tatum in the basement? It's of a whodunit. It, it is. <laughs> Sorta. It is a whodunit. No, but like it's not. <laughs> Who captured the kids? <laughs> Don't spoil Who it. Done it. Don't spoil it. Chan- I'm not Chan- saying it. Was Channing Tatum in the basement <laughs> oh, with a bad accent? That's who it was. We figured it out, everybody. All right, all right, all right, all right. 
I will actually go to court. Check say, back next week when we get to play. What other movie is that Channing Tatum is hiding in the basement in? I will go to court saying that Hateful Eight is not technically who done it because no one dies until like an hour and a half into the movie. So it's not the majority of the movie is not a who done it. But I digress. Mm. So Prisoners is amazing. Fine, it's a who done it. Uh, but just it's a really interesting premise because the guy whose kids get taken is a prepper, and so he's like a doomsday guy. He has all this stuff in his basement. And the wife says this really like sad quote about halfway through the movie, and she's obviously like very ridden with anxiety because her kids are gone, and she's like, "You were supposed to be able to protect us, or you're supposed to be ready for anything. You weren't ready for this." And Oof. like Hugh Jackman's character is just like distraught, obviously. And then Jake Gyllenhaal is the director, I mean the detective of the crime, and his story is really interesting because he's never lost a case. He's never like not solved a case, and he's like up for a big promotion. And he's had a lot of tenure, and his boss is like. It's okay, sometimes you just can't get them. He's like, no, this is too confusing. Like, this has to have an explanation. This is, cannot all be random circumstance. This cannot all be... And then, like, there's a copycat for the guy who, like, they've been tracking down. And it's just... It's such a good movie. And I've, I'm literally on the edge of my seat the entire time. And I <laughs> never know what's going to happen. And even, like, rewatching it again, I had forgotten about these two or three plot twists that happened. And I was just blown away. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. See it. Soon. Okay. We'll see it. We can't see it this weekend, apparently, because you yeah. keep going out of town. It's true. Stop being cool. Or you keep uh, going out of town. Last week, you were out of town. Last two weeks? And then California? <laughs> Is that the airport? Remember that bit? <laughs> All right, Peter. All right. My number six is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, this is... Uh, I need to watch this movie again. I watched it twice, and, and I, 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 I... It's a great movie. I just yeah. don't under... I understand why it's up there, but I need to watch it again. With I you just guys. think that once is just a, a great hang of a movie where you just get to hang out with Leo and Brad and just like enjoy their friendship. And then you have other great people. You have Kurt Russell pop in for a bit. You have Al Pacino have pop in for a bit. You, Bruce Lee's a, 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 a national hero. Well, he's also like what propaganda. You're propaganda. Yep. Okay. For <laughs> anyway, uh, I it was hard for me. Because I was like, I love this movie a lot, and then you know, kind of thinking about it in relation to *Inglorious Bastards*, which is, I had a similar thing for you, but it's just I enjoy. I would much rather hang out around, um, uh, hang out around. Uh, oh, the uh, just just hang out in with those guys more than like Nazi Germany. That sure. might just be me. Sure. No, that's totally, it's it's definitely a more enjoyable movie than *Inglorious yeah. Bastards*. Because like I think the thing after watching *Inglorious Bastards*, I said this is his best movie. But my favorite is still Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just because it's... Like, I bought this soundtrack and, like, listened to it as I drive around in my car with the windows down. And it's awesome. Like, just vibes are immaculate. So, this is my number six. Uh, lock this in. This is, like, locked into stone. This is always going to be... How many Tarantinos have you watched again? I'm, I'm sorry. Four. This is an actual four. Okay. I've seen four. Okay. Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight, Once Upon, Time in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Glorious Bastards. Yep. Not... Well, obviously not in particular order i saw once upon a time on hollywood first yep. which is wild that is wild <laughs> it's just yeah it's just kind of how it works and yeah. uh it's it is probably like in some ways the least tarantino in certain ways uh, uh, i would say it's the most tarantino yeah in terms well of, okay no, not the most i'd say it's just very typical tarantino yeah i don't know but like the it's the violence is not ever like present throughout which it is in like every other tarantino well actually seen. so like reservoir dogs is a very interesting one because there's more consistent violence i'd say in most tarantino it's the first one Huh? Yeah, that's his is. first movie. But I'd say in most Tarantino's, the like action starts about halfway through. Okay. Cause like the first, I think I'd say the first half of a Tarantino movie is like not exactly like always watching paint dry. That is the case with Hateful Eight. 
It just happens to be very beautiful paint. Mm -hmm. My favorite paint. Which is not good. Shut up. It's my favorite paint. Yeah, it's, it's back <laughs> off. It's, it's, it's if that paint was saying the N-word is how hateful eight. No, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. No, no. I don't like that part of the paint. The paint is not perfect. The paint is just awesome. It's what? That, not that part. <laughs> Hold on, what? But anyway, the movie's good for other reasons. But I'd say like in most Tarantino movies, like hateful eight, the violence starts about halfway through, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of untying of the knot as the movie goes on, and you get to like see into what makes it happen and stuff like that. So you I'd say done in, it? in that case, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like not a typical Tarantino because the violence doesn't really start yeah. at the end, to your point. Yeah. But it's great. And I mean, have perfect. you seen Jackie Brown? No. Okay. But I'm only missing Jackie Brown in the Kill Bill movie. <laughs> Movies? There's two of them. Yeah, there's two of them. Yeah, learn how to count, Quentin. <laughs> Mr. Tarantino. Sorry. <laughs> Quentin, if you want to, if, yeah. <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast and explain to us how to count, we'd be more than yeah. more than happy to receive that wisdom. Uh, and come on and promote your next movie. We'd love to. We'd love to help you the with that. The movie critic or the film critic or so I forgot something what like that. Critic. Yeah. Also, if you'd like to write us roles in this movie as well, yeah. we'd be happy. Fantastic. To. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> be Preferably one that doesn't say any slurs. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Yeah. It's so funny how he wrote Django Chain. I know. Unchained. <laughs> Just like you can say N word. We we're stepping on our Tarantino podcast, which will definitely be coming at some point in the next few months. I mean, we could just do it without him. What? No, no, no. I want to do it. Gosh darn it! All right, we got to wrap up. See more movies. We've been doing this for way too long, and our brains are starting to ooze out our ears. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening to this podcast. Uh, thanks to Dave for producing us and for making sure the mics were turned on and working this time. Uh, Thank you to uh, the Golden State Warriors for making a draft pick so I could start this podcast and for hopefully not messing that up. And uh, we will catch everyone next time.